Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the DNVR Buffs podcast. My name is Jake Schwanitz, your host and beat writer for DNVR Buffs. And today we look back on the first full weekend of college football. Uh, we actually got to talk to Carl Durrell earlier today. We'll look around the Pac-12 and see what's going on in this conference. And then we'll begin to, I don't want to say preview the Air Force game, but we've got some nuggets at the end that we'll uh, cap off the show with as we get primed and ready to fully preview the Falcons this coming week. I should add off the top here, we are presented by the American Raptors. The American Raptors are Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. Best thing about their games is they are free. They are also streaming for free at AmericanRaptors.com. So whether you want to go in person or watch in the comfort of your own home, AmericanRaptors.com has you covered. Let's start off. Looking back a bit at the TCU game, we already talked a bunch about it on the post-game show on Saturday. Um, just wanted to go back real quick, though, because I know that there was a lot of uh, you know arms up in the air, and uh, Twitter was a bit of a mess uh, after the game, or I should say during the game, really. But I still think there are some takeaways from that game that we can look on positively and sort of use that to project what this team can do later on this year and even further into the future. First takeaway I'm going to go with is the rushing attack can be potent. Um, You know, this is a part of the team that's been talked about a lot this offseason, especially with Coach Kyle Devan coming in to run the offensive line group, is just improving this rushing attack for the Buffs. And it it was improved. Um, You know, in the first half, they looked pretty good. They were balanced. You saw multiple backs making plays. Um, of course, the rushing game just kind of got away. The entire game actually just got away from the buffs in the second half. Uh, lack of the passing, downfield passing the game and everything else just kind of fell with it. Um, but don't give up on this rushing attack. I mean, they're going to need him, I think, against Air Force. And it's going to be a crucial element of that game. Obviously, ball control is going to be huge for the Falcons. But if the buffs can extend drives and sort of run the clock on their own, Think that's one of the best ways that you can counter Air Force's triple option. Next takeaway, this defense can still be ri- relied upon pretty heavily. Um, the secondary played really well against TCU's explosive quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's just that the offense needs to pick up the slack and the Buffs just need to become a well or more well-rounded team in general. The defense just gave out, honestly, at the end. Uh, the inability to score points all the way from the beginning until the end of the game when JT was brought in. Um, was really the downfall of the defense. I wouldn't say it was anything to do with ability. And I was impressed how they matched up against Quentin Johnson and Darius Davis on offense. Of course, Darius Davis having the big punt return in the first quarter. 
Last takeaway, JT is the better quarterback. I think it's uh, pretty straightforward at this point. Brendan Lewis obviously has quite a long leash with this coaching staff, and they were pretty adamant to see what he could do uh, given the shot to start not only the first half, but again in the second second half. Um, that was the most surprising, I think, part of the game for me is not seeing JT come out at halftime leading that offense. We'll see if that leash has been pulled back a bit on Brendan Lewis. Uh, we're going to transition now to the Carl Durrell presser today. Uh, don't have too many quotes, just some paraphrased stuff. But on the quarterbacks, the first question that was asked to Durrell today was what the plan is kind of going into Air Force. Um, Durrell said they have a plan and they're going to work through it. Uh, they did not want to discuss the plan today with the media. Uh, so this is all we have on the quarterback situation so far this week. Durrell, again, adamant that both guys need work and both had issues in the game and that a plan is in place. We'll see if that plan is, again, the two-quarterback system. Uh, as I mentioned in the takeaway section, it seems quite clear to me who the better quarterback is or who the best quarterback is to lead this offense and create explosive opportunities and just touchdowns. Uh, so we'll see if JT gets his shot this week. Going back to the presser, something that came out um, after Darrell talked, we talked to Brady Russell and Quinn Perry, and they were visibly frustrated, and they talked about their frustration and just the deflating attitude that they could see in the locker room with guys hanging their heads. Coach said that they met yesterday um, and kind of ironed some things out. He understands the frustration, and he wants those guys to be frustrated, he says, and he knows that they could do better, the team captains and the team in general can do better. Um, one of the things, too, that was I wanted to focus on going into this press conference, I asked Carl Durrell after the game on Saturday about that third quarter punt. We talked about it quite a bit in the post-game show, and we just wanted to get some clarification today because Carl didn't really give us the best answer. Um, it seemed like he might have been a little confused or had an inability to recollect what punt specifically we were talking about, uh, but Coach emphasized it was his decision and that he just didn't want to put the defense in a bad situation. Make of that what you will. So that's kind of putting a bow on the TCU game, wrapping that one up. We'll save it, uh, use it as a learning experience. Hopefully the buffs do and we can use the film to get better and see where the buffs can get better. Um, I'll be looking back at this game over the next couple days and posting some clips on the Twitter. Follow me at JakeDNVR if you aren't already. Going to take this time now to talk about Game Time. Our friends at Game Time are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert? It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Buffs, Broncos, Nuggets, Avs tickets. Um, game Time is created by the fans for the fans and guarantees the lowest price. If you love DNVR, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Also. We are sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. This Sunday, let's go, guys, finally. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10, 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if that team manages to lose. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. For my pick of the week this week, let's go to the NFL because we can and because it's finally here. Plenty of lines to choose from. The one I am looking at, though, I will take the Chiefs minus four and a half over the Cardinals. A lot has been said about the Cardinals this year in terms of you know, stability with Coach Kingsbury and Kyler Murray at quarterback. Uh, you could look at the GM Kime at top, but nevertheless, this is a team that is just, I think, primed to break down at some point here, and you get the Chiefs. A lot being said without Tyreek Hill, but you still got Travis Kelsey. You still have some speed on the outside, and of course, you have Patrick Mahomes. Give me the Chiefs minus four and a half on the road this weekend. All right, with that out of the way, let's get into the Pac-12. A lot happened. Of course, no conference games in week one of the season for the Pac-12, but a lot of interesting games to get to. And I think we learned a lot about a lot of these teams, especially the teams at the top, which is where we're going to start with Oregon and Georgia. One of the primetime games on Saturday afternoon. Georgia, of course, clobbers the Ducks 49-3, led behind Stetson Bennett showing that he can do more than just managing games. Stetson Bennett actually looked really good. Uh, Georgia is still Georgia. They're fast on both sides of the ball with a tremendous amount of talent at tight end and all playmaking positions at wide receiver. Lad McConkey stood out. Uh, Kenny McIntosh stood out. He was at, Kenny McIntosh was actually the leading receiver in this game. But defensively, the dogs capitalized on, big mis- on mistakes and Bo Nix's ability to make some boneheaded plays. Oh, God, Bo Nix. Um, this guy, I mean, going back to Auburn, you could see that he just didn't really have it all tightened up upstairs in terms of his ability to process and make good decisions that carried over to Oregon. Uh, Nix was actually the leading rusher for the ducks. And it was understandably so given that this Georgia defense is just so fast and stout up front. Uh, Bo Nix making a lot of that yardage on scrambles on passing plays. He ran for 37 yards on eight carries um, where do we go here? Uh, Georgia def- or Oregon defensively rather was just overmatched. Uh, Justin Flo showed up with 10 tackles and had a tackle for a loss, but it was a tough day for the Ducks defensively. As I mentioned, Georgia's just so talented on both sides of the ball. The secondary, I think, played decent against Georgia. I mean, the leading receiver, as we mentioned, was the running back Kenny McIntosh and Lad McConkey, of course, went off. Um, Mitchell for Georgia. Uh, sorry, let me get the name. Adone Mitchell. Had that touchdown catch over Christian Gonzalez, the former buff, midway through the third quarter. And by then, it was already over. Uh, Final 49-3 for the Ducks. Let's go to the Swamp in Florida now. This was a hell of a game between Florida and Utah. Both teams looked up to the challenge. And I think we learned a lot on both sides, obviously. Florida seems to be a lot better than many people thought, than I initially thought entering the season And honestly, Utah, even given the loss, going into that tough environment and playing well on both sides of the ball, they had a rushing attack going. They averaged over five yards per carry. They had 230 yards on the ground. And Cam Rising, honestly, was really damn good. 22 of 32, 216 yards. He only had one touchdown. He did throw an interception, but on the ground, he made some plays. He had 91 yards rushing and was also able to extend some plays and just manufacture an efficient and seemingly high-powered offense. Um, Tavion Thomas went for 23 carries, 115 yards on the ground with a touchdown. 
Um, Utah overall, as I mentioned, five carries, five yards per carry, over five yards per carry, sorry. Um, Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid lead one of the best tight end rooms in the country, other than maybe Georgia. Both made plays. Keithy leading ride receiver or leading pass catcher in this game, nine receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Defensively, Utah played fine, I thought. I mean, it, this is a tough offense to defend against with the dynamic Anthony Richardson at quarterback. They actually held Richardson in check in terms of the passing game. Only 168 yards passing, 17 of 24 on his attempts. But it was as a rusher where Anthony Richardson did a lot of his damage. 11 carries, 106 yards, including the big 45-yard touchdown. He added two other touchdowns in this game, two on the ground. And that is was the difference, really. Um, this is probably going to be the most dynamic offense that Utah plays until they get to USC. So a good test to see how they can manage these high-powered offenses. It's setting up for a hell of a game between Utah and USC down the line. On USC, seems like they were just as good as advertised. I mean, they were playing Rice. They won 66-14, to but Caleb Williams played really well. 19-22 passing, 249 yards, and two touchdowns. He was also the leading rusher for the Trojans. Six carries, 68 yards, and no touchdowns on the ground, though. Jordan Addison is still really damn good. Um, He didn't have too much production, only five receptions, 54 yards, but he had two touchdowns, and you could see exactly why he was the Bolitnikoff Award winner at Pitt last year. Uh, His ability to create after the catch, he's just got strong, confident hands, and his ability as a route runner particularly stand out. Taj Washington and Mario Williams also flashed at wide receiver for the Trojans. And interestingly enough, former buff Brendan Rice only gets one reception for five yards. He was starting for the Trojans, was on the field quite a bit, but was not able to get the targets on Saturday. USC's defense was really the difference in this game, though. They forced four interceptions with three pick sixes, leading the score to a total of 66 points for the Trojans. They just completely overpowered Rice as most if not everyone expected. Um, Moving down a bit to the the middle of the Pac-12 here, it was a close game early on between UCLA and Bowling Green, Um, but UCLA's offense with Chip Kelly still has a great amount of potential, and they showed that off absolutely against uh, Bowling Green. DTR still showing great potential and a high ceiling at quarterback. Again, his issue is just the consistency and overall decision making he went for 32 completions on 43 attempts 298 yards two touchdowns through the air and one interception zach charbonnet the michigan transfer from two years ago is still an absolute animal he went for 21 carries 111 yards one touchdown they didn't really need that vaunted ucla rushing attack to carry them through either way though they still got it with dtr he had seven carries 87 yards on the ground and two touchdowns including a 68 yard run that was very impressive managing the tightrope the sideline ucla still going to be able to present problems but you know bowling green we'll see down the line just how good ucla is of course colorado gets an early matchup against ucla this year uh that will be colorado's pac-12 opener and that is on October, or sorry, September 24th at Folsom. The next time we are at Folsom Field will be welcoming in the Bruins. Moving on, though, Oregon State, uh, very balanced in their attack. They were man- they managed to build a 24-0 lead over Boise State until Taylon Green replaced Hank Bachmeyer at quarterback. And Taylon Green, I watched a lot of this game. He was very, very impressive. I mean, 
a comparison, I guess. You look at Anthony Richardson, it seems like Boise State might have something like that in Taylor Green. He had an amazing long run, I think a 74 yards for a touchdown. Um, just looked like an absolute horse out there. Um, he also managed to play well through the air, 19 to 28. He did throw an interception, and it was only 155 yards through the air. But this is a freshman, a guy to definitely keep our eye on. Uh, of course, not Pac-12, but in the general region. So I'm sure we'll be talking a little bit about Boise State as we keep moving through the season here. Um, oh, Oregon State looks to be just as good, if not maybe a bit better than they were last year. Um, maybe not great news for the Buffs. Of course, this is a team that they played very well against last year. It took them to overtime and actually beat them. But Oregon State's very balanced. They played well on defense. Um, Bachmeyer looked really bad off the top. And then Taylor Green, while he did present some issues for Oregon State, um, they, they handled him well. They didn't allow him to come back and take over the game completely and win it for the Broncos. Excuse me. But nonetheless, Oregon State going to be a tough one on the schedule. Um, that one on October 22nd. We talked about October for the Buffs. Um, a lot of these teams looking a lot better, which leads us to Arizona here. Uh, new transfers, Jaden Delore from Washington State at quarterback and Jacob Cowing at wide receiver for the Wildcats led their charge in an upset over San Diego State. San Diego State entered the game, I believe it was six or six and a half point favorites. Arizona wins outright 38 to 20. Um, as I mentioned, led by those transfers, Jacob Cowing went off. The wide receiver, eight receptions, 152 yards, and three touchdowns. It's apparent that Delora and Cowing have already built a decent amount of chemistry, and that will be something to take note of as they are on October 1st going to be the second Pac-12 matchup for the Buffs. Further down the line here, um, we'll talk about Washington a bit. I mean, they played Kent State. It was 45-20, to 20, a fairly easy game for them. Michael Penix, if that name sounds familiar, he was the Indiana quarterback I think during the COVID year when Indiana was on a run, he is now playing at Washington and he played really well in his debut for the Huskies, 26 of 39 passing, 345 yards and four total touchdowns or four touchdowns to the air. Sorry, nothing on the ground. And then just going back down here, a lot of uh, Pac-12 teams playing some cupcakes. Uh, Arizona State blew out Northern Arizona. Emory Jones now the Florida or he was the Florida quarterback. He is now the quarterback for the Sun Devils. Uh, that run game still seemingly pretty potent as they average over five yards per carry. In their win, Cal beats UC Davis 34-13. Purdue transfer quarterback Jack Plummer played well for the Golden Golden Bears in his debut, 23-35, 268 yards passing, passing three touchdowns and only one interception. Again, another team in that October stretch that we will be talking a lot about as we move towards that. Stanford 41-10 over Colgate. Tanner McKee, 22-27, 308 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And then Washington State wins actually a close game over Idaho. Idaho was winning 10-0 at one point, but Washington State comes back 24-17. Maybe a bit of a bummer that the Cougars are not on this year's schedule. I believe it's been four or five years since the Buffs have played the Cougars. Uh, so we'll see next year if they get a chance to play them. All right, that's going to wrap up the Pac-12 uh, real quick here. We're going to talk about the Breck Brew Hootenanny. As we've talked about many times on this podcast, Breck Bridge Brewery has a birthday coming up. 32 years young. To celebrate, Breck Brew is throwing a weekend-long Hootenanny. Kick off the fall with live music, food, 
Beer and Games October 8th and 9th at their Littleton location. They've got national acts like Spin Doctors and local favorites Railroad Earth rocking out. So stay tuned to everything DMVR for Hootenanny giveaways leading up to October 8th. Check out the link in the description or breckbrew.com for more details on tickets and artists lineup. All right, so as I mentioned, we'll start to preview Air Force here. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because we obviously have another show on Wednesday and we'll talk about them on Friday as well. Since we do not have a game on Friday this week, the Buffs are playing on Saturday. I believe it is a 1.30 kickoff for the Buffs down in the Springs. Uh, we do have a couple buses going down there. If you guys are on those buses down to the Colorado Springs, I will see you at some point before kickoff. Uh, I'll try to meet up with you guys and talk around and just uh, show my face a bit. Um, but to the game, this is going to be the 18th meeting overall between CU and Air Force. The last time was actually in 1974 when CU traveled to Air Force. This is their first meeting since 2019, though. It was an overtime game where Air Force won 30-23. to 23. Air Force has won three straight against Power 5 teams. Um, and this triple option, we're going to talk a lot about the triple option. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it is what it is, right? It's going to be based on deception. It's going to be based on just consistency and three yards in a cloud of dust and just hoping that you have one of those runs break, which they had quite a few break last week. They managed 582 yards on the ground with 16 different players being credited with a rush. Five guys went over 75 rushing yards. Quarterback Hazik Daniels went 12 attempts, 107 yards with one touchdown on the ground. He was also fairly explosive in the passing game, three for six. I mean, it's the triple option. They're not going to pass that much, but he had 109 yards and one passing touchdown with an 80-yard touchdown going to Dane Kinnaman. So, I mean, we talk about the rushing attack with the triple option a lot, but this is something Carl Durrell actually mentioned today in the presser, was that the passing game still has to be a mat, uh, an area of emphasis for the Buffs because, I mean, with the triple option... You're so concerned on stopping the run and filling those gaps and, you know, coming up from uh, the secondary in terms of those safeties that the, the, the discipline is just going to loom large in this game, especially with those safeties. Staying back just that extra count just to make sure that this isn't that pass that they're trying to get over your to over the top of your head with. We'll see if they are able to hold strong in that department. I mean, they played well, as I said, against TCU in the secondary last week. Um, a completely different style coming in, though. This rushing attack is something to be concerned about, though, especially with how the Buffs managed the rush defense in the second half of the game against TCU. We saw they kind of were worn down in, I mean, basically all areas, but the defense was the first leg to kind of give out there, and the rushing game being that. Especially with the quarterbacks, when Duggan came in and the quarterback run game started to get going for the Horned Frogs, that's really when the Buffs ran into trouble. So we'll see how they manage that with Hazik Daniels at quarterback for Air Force. But I think that's going to do it today, guys. A little bit of a shorter one. But as I mentioned, we will have plenty of Air Force preview content coming through the week. Um, I haven't gotten word yet exactly on the Wednesday show. I'm sure we'll have either Hank or RK in some fashion on this show to talk uh, a little bit about last week. I'm sure you guys are just about as ready as anyone on the Buffs team or as I am to get past the TCU game. Uh, we won't spend too much time on that, but just want to get their thoughts real quickly, and then we'll move forward to Air Force. As I mentioned, if you are going down to Air Force to see the game live, please let me know. I will do my best to show my face and shake as many hands as possible. All right, guys, 
Well, that's going to do it. Thanks again for listening to DMVR Buffs. We will catch you on Wednesday.